Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. And I'm going to be wrong plenty, trust me. And I hope I'm called out for it. And he will be called out for it. Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast Roast Edition. This is, this is the accountability you guys have all been waiting for. I can't guarantee that our politicians will be held accountable, but we sure will be for our fantasy football takes. And that includes both Jamie and Jake and their preseason takes that they had coming in. So... What has happened here? Let me set the scene. Chris Schubert, lovely producer of the show, has spent the last few weeks preparing and diving into all of our preseason takes, right? And he has 21 sounders. Is that correct, Chris? There are 21 pieces of audio on the soundboard. You heard the first one there in the intro. We got 20 left to get through. We got 20 left to get to. So uh, what we're going to do here is, uh, Chris, I'm going to just let you go. Okay, you're going to introduce the take. Thank you. I'm going to react to it by telling you how uh, bad it is as a take. And then these guys can maybe defend it. Whether or not we allow them to defend it is up to you and I, because you and I both have the ability to mute them. So if they get too too rowdy, uh, we're in charge. This kind of power is scary. I don't know if I, I don't remember agreeing to this part. I have to look through my contract details again on that. I don't remember giving Chris. I'm unity. telling you, Jane, what, what, what is this, man? Are we even on the show? It's like revenge of the hype train. Well, like, Paige can get away with it. I'm not sure I'm giving, I'm seeding this sort of power to Chris. I yeah, well, kept I can... him on the show for a reason. Look, we three said years it. Ago, we got to right? own it. We said it. We got to own it. I mean, there's not a whole lot of explanation going on. It's already been out in the, in the universe. So no, now we just right. get reminded. Chris, I think what we've decided on is, you know, I have, I have a scale here, a running okay. scale of how bad these will be. So we have, you know, the, the poop emoji, which is the ultimate description of how absolutely shit that take could possibly be, right? So okay. that's, that's, at the, that's at the high that's level. The that's, about a, that's like a five. And then over at the other side is just kind of like the, the meh face, right? Okay. Where you just got the, he's just kind of like this, shrugging his shoulders or the emoji that just has no emotion, right? So about a one a five is the shit emoji so i already know one of them that i'm Mm -hmm. definitely giving the shit emoji to so i'm excited for this to happen so let's 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 break into these takes chris okay perfect do you mind if i set the scene a little bit here for you i have a little bit of an intro prepared and everything okay perfect so i just want to let let jamie know here and and jake jake so eloquently said that you know do we even need to be on the show no jamie you can take the whole day off enough of these clips are from you that your presence is going to be felt on today's show of the roast of jamie so if you'd like to leave the zoom now jamie please go right ahead your presence is going to be felt on the show and listen pay you don't even need to take you don't even to hear it from me hear it from jamie i'll come on the show if it's wrong and i'll be more than happy we do three shows a week during the season there'll be plenty of time to give me crap for everything i'm right and wrong about oh, okay so here we are we are at the roast of jamie now listen i don't know if any of the takes that we hear on the show today will rival this one 
The Los yep. Angeles Rams are the best team in the NFC. I am leading the hype train on the Los Angeles Rams. All right, so I don't know if we'll get there, all right, but that one's pretty bad, but, but we'll see. We'll test the waters here. We will go through this process. Now, I went through a lot of audio. I went through all the different rankings. Paige, I couldn't even get into the rankings before I heard a take. Jamie, go ahead. What do you have to say? No, I just wish it for our listeners, Jake and I do not know what's coming. Uh, this, this is not prepared. <laughs> we have no idea. So everything uh, you're going to hear from us is going to be completely off of the cuff. I have no idea. I, none of these have been played for us in advance. We're all going to be reacting uh, in real time to this. And Chris, I guess, just take it away. I don't even know if you're, you're going to troll me or Jake first. So take it away. So Paige, I'm going through this and I'm going through, you know, quarterback rankings. And I couldn't even get to the episode for the first edition of the quarterback rankings before... I heard this Jamal Adams take from good old Jamie Eisner. It, honestly, and I, I'm not, this might sound like a, a hot take or a troll. I promise you it's not. I truly believe the most realistic scenario is that Jamal Adams is on the Jets longer than Adam Gase is. And that means I think that Jamal Adams is on the 2021 New York Jets. That's basically yeah. what I'm trying to say at this point. Yeah, I'll own up to that one. Um, put it this way, I did not expect – a team to trade two first round picks for him. Yeah. Uh, and as we reacted about, I think that was about a month before he actually got traded. Um, and we reacted to that deal with, with Seattle. Uh, but I will say mixed into that take of me being wrong. He clearly wasn't even on the 2020 jets. So he wasn't d- definitely not going to make it on the 2021 jets. Uh, but you know, who else didn't make it on the 2021 jets? Adam, Adam Gates. So I, got half that, oh. I got half that right. And more importantly, you know, who else won't be on the 2021 jets? Trevor Lawrence. Oh, and you knew that that was going to happen, Chris. You knew you, you had to know. You had to know there was going to be some trolling that was happening back to you. But yeah. that's okay. And that's we fine. can live with that. And that's we fine. can and, live with that. And, and you know what? I'm so glad Jamie brought up quarterbacks there because why don't we start with quarterbacks? And, and oh, Jamie, God. And, and Jamie, this is you know this is a guy who could be playing for the New York Jets in 2021. Let's hear what you had to say about Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't have him getting to 4,000 yards. I don't have him anywhere but I don't have him anywhere above the, the mid 20s for touchdowns. Hmm. I think he, I think he eclipsed both of those numbers, Jamie. Now, 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 wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, that's what you said about Deshaun Watson. Let's let's hear what let's hear what Jake said about Deshaun Watson. Man, you just did a hell of a sales job for me to put him at twelve because what you just described is not number five on this list. Their offensive line is miraculous, going to be okay. No, they suck. David Johnson is going to be a superstar running back, and they're going to run it a whole lot more. So he's going to no, he's going to catch it a lot. Fuller was great with Hopkins on the other side because you could never double him. Stills was an okay third option at that point. Cooks, I don't know that he ever should play again. I think you could blow on him at this point, and he's going to get a headache, as he should, because he went through, what, four concussions in the last couple years? Two back-to-back last year? Yeah. Watson is not a great runner. He moves around at a phenomenal pace like Russell Wilson to throw the ball, but he gets hurt when he does that. He's a small dude. He's not – Six four. He's not Josh Allen. He's not huge, but he's like six one, two ten. He had an ACL in college. He's gonna get broke up if he wants to play like that. One of the five is insanely risky to me. I've got him at twelve at the bottom of my QB ones, only because I don't think they're gonna be very good, and they're gonna have to throw late to make up some garbage yards, or he might run around and make some stuff happen then. But who is he going to? when the chips are on the table because everybody knew before where it was going and it still made it happen. He misses a lot of wide open guys. There's still questions on how well he reads the field because he went to nuke a lot and it made it, and it worked out. You go back to his rookie year when he just lit it up and he's throwing it up to Fuller 
and it, it just all happened. He has, I agree with Dabo, he has some Ma- Michael Jordan-esque qualities. Or he just has some magic, right? That Russell Wilson magic we were talking about. But it's not enough for me to put him any higher than 12. This team's not going to be very good. They're going to be coming from behind is the only reason I'm giving him some junk fantasy yards. Where I talked about David Johnson last year, where he was good in the early in the season because the Cardinals weren't winning. He was catching touchdowns late. He was catching, they were in two minute drill and he catches three or four passes late. I think you're going to get a lot of that. It's the only reason I got him in my QB one range. Uh, Did I, you just play the whole other podcast? And like, you want us now, to leave? Now, just going to play ent- our entire podcast episode? I, I, I added the context in there because I knew Jake was going to come at me with, you got to play the whole clip. The, the reason why we played the whole clip was there was some good analysis there, but he said Deshaun Watson wouldn't end up at five. And I have fantasy pros up in front of me, and that's where he ended up at five. Now, 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 now it didn't end here. The Deshaun Watson conversation didn't end here, gentlemen. And Paige, you're going to have to weigh in on this one. Here is Jake versus Jamie on Deshaun Watson and another quarterback. Where did you have Carson Wentz, Jamie? 13? 13, yeah. I got Carson Wentz 5, and I got Deshaun Watson 12. Of those two, which one do you want on your team? At their ADP or at just in general? No, period. No, I still take Watson this year. I'll still take my chance on Watson this year in fantasy, yeah. That's indefensible. All righty. I know, I know. (laughs) I love it, I love it. you 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 got Watson playing 16 games, Ben playing 14. Yeah. Right. Oh, Ben. Oh, no. Now, 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 Paige, I, do you want to weigh in on this take? Because I, I, yes, I'm curious. Please. Because we, we, we heard from Jake there. About- I said it. I don't get to say anything first. Right, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The go first ahead. take was spot on. Other yeah. than he was sucked for six weeks and was spectacular for 12. So I was wrong on how good he played down the stretch. But he didn't run. He made it happen from the pocket. He started taking what the defense gave him. And he sucked the first six weeks. That was spot on. Now, there was a bunch of junkyards in there. The kid has completely changed my opinion of him in the last 12 weeks. Unbelievable. The second part of this, indefensible, dude. I'm going to take more shit from Carson Wentz. I deserve it all. There is shit emojis all over my face for anything I said about Carson Wentz. And this is the first of many, I'm sure, that are coming my way. Give it, give it, give it to me all. I, there's, there's, it's indefensible. I got nothing to say for the Carson Wentz take. So the fascinating part about like the Deshaun Watson stuff that you just played was obviously clearly I did not expect him to have a career best year. I mean, he went 4,800 yards. He throws four with no, no DeAndre Hopkins, um, missing Fuller for part of the season, just sets career highs across the board. But I got to go back and look at my projections because I don't know how I got – because I had him as my QB5 despite how, quote-unquote, low I was on him relative to what he actually did, and yet he still finished there. So I have to yeah. kind of figure out like where I ha- how that how that somehow played out, but how your analytics no, I, were I, were off on that one? Yeah, oh, I think it probably had him rushing a little bit more. Like that's probably what what it had there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, he he was amazing this year, and I did not expect him to basically take a step forward in pretty much every statistical category after losing his best pass catcher. Like it just seems antithetical to me. But it I mean, did. He did. We watched it happen. Yeah, I mean, I wrote that article on him, how he's not an MVP candidate. And mm-hmm. he damn near got himself into the conversation going, what, 4-12? and 12? Yeah. He started off exactly what I wrote in the article for like six weeks. He was turning it over. It was hero ball. And then all of a sudden, they fire Bill O'Brien. And for some reason, they go, they go spread. They go five wide. He's taking what the defense has given him. He's not taking the shots. He's not taking hero ball. All of a sudden, he can read coverage. Pre-snap and during the snap. It's like, boom, he's a different guy. And I said in the article, I love everything about the kid, his leadership, all the skills that he possesses. He's got to do these things. And my God, did he do it? It was unbelievable. Literally, if you're going to go through the MVPs and you're going to rank the top 10 guys in the entire NFL, 
he ended up in the freaking conversation on a team that was yeah. four and twelve. That is yeah. the only bright spot on that team. And by but Brandon Cooks, I yeah, I love Brandon Cooks. <laughs> but my take on that was still there. Like that dude scared me playing this year. And I'm, I'm okay. damn glad he had a, he had a good year and bounced back. All right, so let's unpack the first part, right, Chris? So I'll I'll talk specifically to you since the guys were able to already you know yeah, defend yeah. where they were, right? The David Johnson stuff was spot on from Jake, yes, yes. right? So that stuff with all that stuff in the fantasy, especially fantasy wise, because yes. I think there were a lot of people that were dialing into scenarios that us as a collective podcast were like, not really, not really into that, right? Deshaun will take our lumps, right? Jamie had him at five still, so but had him had him at five in a different way. I think you. I'm fascinated. I'm wrong still. How that, I, I'm fascinated with how you got there, right? I gotta I gotta figure out how, like in some capacity, Let me pull it like up, what, actually. what the numbers I'm, look I'm like. I'm gonna pull up my projections page while you're talking. Yeah. Here. I'm gonna pull up my actual Eisner board final projections and see where I had him there, uh, because that is strange that because I was lower on him. Obviously, he threw for almost five thousand yards and yet still yeah. ended up where. Uh, this will be know, interesting. I kind of thought he'd be. This will be interesting because you're going to be about 350 yards rushing off and 800 yards passing off, and that's that, where that's fantasy, crazy. where I say all the time, quarterbacks that run skew the entire thing. That he was that good, that much better than he's ever been, and that those that there's going to be 500 yards difference there. Watch this, and that's that's yeah, going to be so the difference. It's actually it's not as terrible as I thought. Well, no, the, the the passing yards difference is ridiculous, but uh, so I had him down here for. 516 pass attempts, uh, which is not too far off of where he ended up being at 544. About 1,000 yards off in yards, though. 3818 for passing yards. 25 passing touchdowns compared to his 33. Um, and then I had him down for 527 rushing yards, which is about, about 100 more than what he had. Six rushing touchdowns versus three. I think that was one of the big ones. But So he had, what, 30... Where was his combined touchdown total this year? 36, and I had him down for 31. I think that's probably the big reason why it wasn't too ridiculous uh, because I was pretty close on the total touchdown mark. But, yeah, passing yards was really the only thing that was incredibly off um, about my projections for him. But they were off by a lot. Yeah. I can promise you this. I won't have him at 12 this year, and I don't care which team he's on. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty certain that he's going to, uh, elevate it for everybody considering he's probably going to, no matter where he is, have better offensive weapons than he had this year and going to be probably more than likely in a better scenario than he started off this football season. The Carson Wentz stuff is absolutely fantastic because we all, okay, go ahead. You You got more. We kind of glossed over that at the tail end of the Deshaun Watson conversation, but there was a separate conversation about Carson Wentz and and, and probably five. And and this was said. That's a great way to put it, Jamie, because I got him at five. I bet last year and I kind of got bit in the ass a little bit. I agree with you wholeheartedly that you better have a Drew Brees, a Matt Ryan, Roethlisberger, some of these guys are going to get in that tier late. Uh, But look what he did down the stretch, as Paige said, with nobodies. They don't run the ball in Philly. I expect the, run, the, the running back situation to be a little bit better, but Miles Sanders catches it great out of the backfield. This is 100% going through him. He's still going to play with reckless abandon, so you're still going to have that injury risk, and that's the only reason it scares me a little bit. But these numbers, this is the one like, I'm going to look at the numbers and say, okay, you got him similar to a couple other guys, but he's better. And if he's at that, those passing attempts, I, I just see him having bigger numbers. That. He will run it enough. Uh, he's going to turn it over a little bit, but I don't know. I, I, I am just huge on the talent, and you now have speed everywhere. 
So if you like Rager, Deshaun Jackson, you added Marquise Goodwin, you still have Ertz. Uh, hopefully you still have Dallas Goddard. Um, should be fine. Lane Johnson healthy. It all goes through him, but it's 100% health dependent. So I am going in 100% on the health, and I've got him at five, which I think he's damn capable of doing. You're just talking about an uber-talented guy. I can't put him any lower than that based off his freaking talent. I knew this was going to be a discrepancy here. I'm ex- I'm I think so he's in the MVP race again. Oh, oh, what was that at the end there, Jake? He's in the oh, MVP yeah. race again? Oh, okay. All right. I knew, I knew where this was headed. Uh, Chris, Chris at one, I – we were all like collectively higher on Carson Wentz than a lot of people, mostly because of what we saw at the, at the back end of uh, the 2019 season. I don't think anybody foresaw the absolute debacle that happened this year in Philadelphia. I, I don't think anybody was thinking that Jalen Hurts was going to start football games uh, with, in front of a healthy Carson Wentz, right? I think we might've thought that would happen in front of an injured Carson Wentz. Um, but yeah, I think collectively, like, I mean, there were people that were tweeting our podcast in the midway point of the season telling us like, uh, are you all going to admit to the fact that Carson Wentz sucks? And I was like, yeah, guys, I think we, I think we, I think we got to address this now because we, we kept kind of holding on, we held on. And then it, you know, he really put us in a tough spot this year, Jake, cause I was with you. I was all aboard, you know, Carson Wentz, uh, based off of him playing the end of that 2019 season, right? With less, less weapons. Um, so I got a lot of questions about that, about that organization moving forward. Cause I don't know what the hell, what, what version of Carson Wentz are we going to get? Right. I think that's what we're, I don't know yeah. that you're going to get him there. I mean, that's I mean, the big thing. Look, the, what I just named is Rager didn't play. Sean Jackson didn't play. Lane Johnson didn't play. Peters didn't play. Miles Sanders was hurt half the year. All those weapons, Zach Ertz was out half the year. But we saw it last year. Like, we saw all those guys gone, and he was spectacular down the stretch. He absolutely sucked. He got his coach fired. He's probably going to be out of town. It's indefensible. Like, I was, I, I'm still buying in that he's a talented son of a gun. He just – he did the anti-Deshaun Watson we were just talking about. He took the hero ball away to take with the defense. He cannot do that. He isn't capable of doing that at this point. And I'll take all the egg on my face. I, I got to take on that one. I still think he's a talented guy. I think he's going to play good football somewhere else. But, damn, you got the coach fired. You got, like, total upheaval going on in Philly all because of this and because of him. Yeah, I'm uh, – as, as somebody who enjoys watching Philadelphia lose their minds, uh, listen, I like Carson Wentz. I hope he goes and plays somewhere else and has an opportunity and shows us uh, 2017 uh, MVP, Carson Wentz. I'd like, I'd, like to, I'd like to see that guy again. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know where he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be in Philadelphia. I think they, they're, uh, they fired their coach kind of for us. It was a little bit unexpected, right? Like it kind of happened and everybody was like, okay. Uh, so this is going to be one where we're going to reevaluate a lot. I mean, Doug was like, no, I'm not doing that. I just won a Super Bowl for you two, three years ago. No, I'm not doing this, making those changes. I mean, look, to his credit, it is hard to play in the NFL with zero continuity. I mean, his team got destroyed by injuries again, but he was just got awful. I mean, there's no defending his play. There's defending who his offensive line was at times, whose weapons were at times, but he sucked. He was god awful. He needs a change of pace. He needs a new scene, and it's not there. And we'll see what happens with the rest of his career. Yep. 
Uh, Chris, it is now your turn. Let's deliver. Well, you know, let, let's just keep, you know, Jake, it's Jake's turn. Let's just keep piling on, right? Let's just keep the, keep the train. Oh, me. And, and, and when we were talking Jamie's about- like, I'm- Oh, don't worry, Jamie. Your time's coming up here. There's going to be a run here in a little bit that's going to make you want to mute that microphone for a little bit. But Jake was asked, you know, like, hey, Ben Roethlisberger, where's he going to finish in terms of fantasy value? And this is, this is a shorter clip. I put a little production value to it. But, but, but Jake said that Big Ben was going to finish above a couple of people in, in the fantasy standing. So just, just take a listen. Uh, I got Ben at eight. I think Ben could be right there with Patrick Mahomes leading the NFL in passing next year. Hmm. Okay. All right. That would be, be a no on that one there, Jake. Passing attempts. <laughs> not, not passing your yards or anything else that would be a no yes that, that would be a no one yeah more, that would be a no one more quarterback one here for you this one's a lengthy one and this one is a jamie take so jamie's very long-winded that was one of the things when putting these together that's very difficult to like get jamie in a gotcha moment because he just talks on and on and on so we're gonna let this one play interrupted so everybody get you know settle down have a drink because this is jamie eisner on one josh allen so clearly I like him enough because he's at six. But I, I want – I've seen the reactions to Josh Allen be all over the place where some people think he's the QB three, some people think he's the, barely inside the top ten. Here's what I'll say about Josh Allen is that when you, when you rush at the volume, and particularly the rushing touchdown volume that he's had last year in particular, it doesn't leave you much room for fantasy growth. Like I have – like you, you'll see where I haven't projected, but if you look at his touchdown totals, just strictly his rushing stats – he's not going to be able to best that. Those numbers are, are, are hard to even repeat. So you have to understand how that limits your fantasy upside a bit. I know he's got Stephon Diggs there, and I know he's got some weapons. I, I like the combination of Diggs and John Brown and Cole Beasley, but I also don't have him throwing 500 passes this year, just the way that offense is structured, the way that they've, what they've asked him to do. So you're gonna, his upside is going to be a little bit more limited, even though he got a shiny new toy to play with in Stephon Diggs. So I like him, but I don't think he's got the upside that a lot of people do to think he breaks into the Mahomes, Lamar, Dak, Russell Wilson category. And where I, where he's been ranked in a lot, alongside some of those guys, I, I don't see him having that sort of upside because I don't see how he could possibly best a lot of the rushing numbers that he's been able to put up, which is, again, same thing I talked about with Kyler Murray on our show in the uh, NRC show earlier this week. You might see some progression as an actual football player, but in terms of fantasy point production, you have to look at what they did on the ground and know that that is such a huge effect on quarterback points. Maybe overpowered, and maybe that's something we'll have to talk about uh, as a fantasy community somewhere down the road of how we kind of level this back out a little bit so players that are more strict passers don't get you know, get shoved down the board as much for players that are lesser throwers but run around more or figure out how we can make that even. There's a lot to be done with the quarterback position in fantasy in general uh, to talk about how we can make some make it more valuable in general. But anyway, I, I digress to say to this point is he's limited in the fact that he's not going to throw the ball more than 500 times. He's already got a high volume of rushing touchdowns and are already projecting to stay at a fairly high volume. This is kind of where he falls for me. He's the middle of the QB1 tier and I don't think he's got top three quarterback upside like a lot of fantasy analysts do. That's a good well, one. Uh, well, there's a couple things there because I was both absolutely right and absolutely wrong at the same time. Uh, I absolutely nailed his rushing upside. Uh, I, I would take you to go, go online and go look and see what he did this year from a rushing standpoint, and it's right in line with what he did before. 421 yards and eight touchdowns is what he did on the ground this year. I projected him 495 yards and eight touchdowns. So I nailed that part. What I absolutely did not nail 
and I will fully own this because much like uh, from the negative side, Carson Wentz, I did not foresee this huge of a step forward for Josh Allen, the quarterback, the passer, the football player. I thought we would see incremental growth. We saw absolutely a massive leap forward by him. And part of the leap forward was him throwing the ball more. I believe he finished with a little over 570 passing attempts, uh, which I was, again, they just at, at points abandoned the run. And if you watch their divisional round game, they've completely abandoned the run in favor of Josh Allen throwing the ball and running around himself. I'll own that one. I, I have been so happy to be wrong on that. I Watching Josh Allen this year has been a pleasure uh, he is one of the most fun players in the league to watch right now. He is on that short list of quarterbacks that you go, they're must-see TV when they've got the ball, particularly late in games. Uh, I'm more than happy to be wrong there. Uh, and I did not see him taking this leap forward as a passer. But I will, I will protect myself by saying I was 100% right on the rushing stuff and nailed yep. it in my Absolutely projections within like a few yards. So yeah. I will give myself that. But no, I, I did not predict that he would do what he did. Um, and spoiler alert that I am not only am I so happy that he's done that I'm going to predict him to be in the Super Bowl in a few weeks. So spoiler alert for our, like for our TDN against the spread show on Friday. I think he is going to lead his team to the Super Bowl this week. Let's I like your analysis there, yeah. Jamie. I liked where you had him at six. I'm big on him progressing from year one to year two and year two to year three on as a football player. I didn't think he was going to throw for that many more yards that he would be that dynamic and have 400 yard game, 400 yard game, 400 yard game. I think I had him right there around where you had him, but it's, uh, I didn't think this year would be that big. And I, there's probably a Stefan Diggs take coming my way here in a minute that I'd said he's not a true number one. Ends up being one of the best receivers we've seen in a long time and being a well-rounded guy. How do we feel he about going to the he running definitely back just, position? Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's okay. go right so, to the – yeah, let's go right to the running back position, although I will say I think a large majority of that take around Josh Allen has to do with uh, Stefan Diggs just absolutely becoming a like number one romance. Yeah. They're way doing too low on him. Hey, yeah, wait, like hey, Paige, unbelievable. Way too low. Paige, can way you hold low. that thought? Can you hold that thought about Stefan Diggs and, and, and what sure Jamie can. just said about being way too long? Could you just put that to the side for me and, and yep, we'll sure revisit can. that a little bit later <laughs> in the show? Okay. All right, so give me my Mark Ingram take or whatever you're going to play right now. No, we have a, we have a couple. Um, should you? We'll go we'll start with Zeke. All right. Well, how about we start with Ezekiel Elliott? Is, is that, you know, is that, is that, is that a fair place to start? All right. We'll, we'll start there. He's on when in the I don't year. think he's going to be a guy that's going to finish as an RB1 or anything because even as good as he's been, he hasn't shown that sort of upside yet. But very, very safe. You're going to get a top five running back guaranteed if you take him. Enough said. Period. He got paid. He plays every week. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to defend this one for the guys. Okay. When we looked at the running back position coming into this season, if you asked anybody who the safest bet was to end up as a top five running back, right? No matter what, it was Ezekiel Elliott. And it wasn't close. So as much as I want to just like make fun of this take, one, the dude started fumbling the football for the first time ever, okay? And has a fumbling problem that he developed somehow after Dak Prescott was no longer his quarterback. And two, this offense without Dak, okay, was significantly worse than I could have even imagined, right? Like th there was, I knew, I knew that Dak meant a lot to this offense. I didn't know he meant that. I didn't know he meant everybody on their team being completely irrelevant because that's what this meant. That meant Zeke, Amari Cooper, this whole offense just fell apart and – to the conversations we had all year long, 
this offensive line from where it was when Ezekiel Elliott entered the league to where it is now is light years behind where it was. And we are going to have to evaluate Zeke in a different light coming into this, coming into the season with two things in mind. What does that line look like walking into the year? And how much are we going to focus on the fumbling problem that never got fixed this year? Because those two things are still relevant as we walk into the next season. It kind of got fixed, yeah. but guys, we're talking about Tyron Smith going into the season in August, the best left tackle in football, not there. Lyle Collins, right tackle, out. Zach Martin, out. Other injuries across the offensive line, Travis Frederick out. retiring. Yeah, exactly. One of the best players on the offensive line in the NFL. And then, oh, by the way, your quarterback is out. Like, that, was, that take was fine. There is so much out of our control there. Now, to Paige's point, he wasn't the same player, and he fumbled a bunch, but like that still was a safe take to take, to make. And it's interesting because there's a couple of things. I don't think that's my worst Zeke take uh, because I think with the information reasonable at the time, and by the way, he was a top five running back in the game stack Prescott started. So in a different way, he wasn't, he wasn't the Zeke Elliott. Uh, he wasn't producing the points the same way he was years prior, but overall, especially with the pass catching, because they were throwing it a gajillion times because they were still a bad football team, even with, with Dak. Uh, but my probably my and by the way that whole the whole top of the first round was a disaster for everybody with Saquon and Christian McCaffrey and then Zeke and so it turned into a disaster for everybody who didn't take Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook or or Derrick Henry at the top of their drafts. Uh, but I think my worst take was trading for him in our league midseason and thinking I, I'm going to buy low. I'm going to be and I, I don't even arguably I didn't pay buy low price because I had a lot of other pieces, but buying low-ish on him, thinking that, okay, he's going to turn things around and we're going to make a run here. That was a, a far worse take because I already had seen what that Zeke was doing, uh, and then I still went for him. So I think to me that is the far worse Zeke-related fantasy thing that I did this year than having him as a top five running back in the preseason. Good you brought you sold up. me. I did the same damn thing based off your analysis on that one in a different league. He was great for one, two weeks. Actually, it wasn't as bad as we thought, James. Those, those trades weren't. Horrendous. No, but it wasn't the wasn't the player I thought we were going to get. He no. salvaged it at times, but wasn't he wasn't the Zeke you come to expect. No. All right, Chris. What else you got Next. for us? Hit in me, the Chris. Back category. Does the name Matt Breeder ring a bell? I don't want to talk oh. about Matt Breeder. Yeah. <laughs> does, that, does that does that ring a bell for you there, buddy? All right. Let's, yeah, you know it's always fun when teams trade draft capital for players they have no intention of ever using. Let's do this in stages, okay? Because when listening to the episode in which the running backs were done, I'm going to play you Paige's setup for Jamie, and then we're going to stop, and then we're going to isolate a part because I think Paige knew. Paige had a time machine, and she knew how bad this was going to age. So first, here's how Paige set it up for everybody. Jamie, you have Matt Breida here coming in at number 30. Defend him at 30. Did, did you catch that? Let me, let, me, let me just let me edit it out. Let's just catch what Paige said there right at the end. Defend him at 30. It's like she knew. She knew what was about to come. She knew it was going to be a bad take. So now, okay, we got all that set up. All right, Jamie, hit me with it. Give me the fantasy analysis on Matt Breida. I'm excited for the possibilities of what he can do in this Miami offense. Jordan Howard's there, yes. And Jordan Howard's going to be the goal line guy. He's going to be the one that's going to vulture a lot of touchdowns. But he's not a pass catching back, and he hasn't been used in that role pretty much ever. And Matt Breida is one of the fastest players in the NFL. He's going to be in almost every third down. He's going to be that true check down option for Ryan Fitzpatrick that he didn't have last year. I mean, they were using, I mean, there were times where Patrick Laird uh, was fantasy relevant as a flex player late in the season. And, and let's be honest, Matt Breida is a significantly more talented player uh, than Patrick Laird or any of the other pass catching backs in the Miami backfield last year. So, uh, you know, I, I think he, 
I, I have him down. I'll give you one nugget of my, of my projection, which now you can see on the draftnetwork.com as of today, all of my running back and wide receiver projections for TD and premium members. But I think he can get too. 75 targets in this offense. I think he's going to be uh, – I, I have him, again, one spot higher Ooh. than the guy we talked about on our last show, James White. I think he can have that sort of a season uh, in Miami this year. So I'm really excited about adding him, and I've gotten him a lot uh, in one of my flex positions uh, early in mock drafts that I've been doing. So I know you heard what you heard, but what, so what defend, I really what, what happened here, what had happened, what had happened, what, was, what had happened was, um, I yeah, said Matt Breda, but I really <laughs> met Miles Gaskin. Like that's, yeah. that's what I was saying there. Like I just pronounced it funny. Like it's maybe the New Yorker. Like I just didn't quite get like the syllables correct. There. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, um, I, I fully, no, I, I mean, I'll look, I can't defend it. Matt Breda was, I, calling him a non-factor probably doesn't even begin to describe how little he was used this year. Um, I was shocked. I thought when they made that draft day trade on the second day of the draft for Matt Breida, that they were going to use him in that sort of, we're going to have, we're going to have Jordan Howard pound the ball on first and second down. It turns out they went about four weeks and said, we'll give it to you literally on the one yard line and nowhere else. And then we'll cut you. Uh, and miles Gaskin from pretty much week one uh, was the guy. Uh, when he got hurt, they brought in Salvin Ahmed and some other, and they moved some other pieces around, but they made the commitment to Miles Gaskin as the guy, and he had a lot of success this year. I was surprised. Uh, I quite frankly am I'm still surprised that they did not use Matt Breda in a more explosive role, given that they traded draft capital for him. We saw what he was able to do in short spurts in San Francisco in the years prior. I, I thought he could be. I thought he could be the guy Miles Gaskin kind of was. Like I didn't think he'd get as many carries between the tackles, but I thought he could. You know what I thought he would be? I thought he would be J.D. McKissick. That's the kind of role that I thought he would play for Miami, and he just never got on the field for any significant amount of time. Seventy-five catches. And Miami said targets. Targets. No, not catches. Miami said no, Jamie. That's what they said. Miami said no. This one. This one's uh, as as Jamie said. There's no way to defend it because it was so far Completely off. Wrong. But the but it was Miami before week one like, wrong. Yeah, like I don't know what Miami <laughs> did here though. Like I'm still wondering why why you give up draft capital to bring somebody in like that and then don't even give them any opportunity for on your football team. I mean, it just they didn't it even never play their sense. best quarterback all year. Like, we're not we're not getting into what Miami. No. Did. Miami made a lot of poor decisions, uh, of which we'll bring Kyle Krabs on to, to vent uh, to at, at, at some point. Chris, what else do you got for us? Um, now, now, I know later in the year when I started joining the show that there was this crusade to defend this player and really talk up David Montgomery, but that's not necessarily how the pre-draft process went for Jamie Eisner. So why don't, why don't we, we go back in the Wayback Machine and hear what Jamie said about David Montgomery in the pre-draft process? My concern with Montgomery is, and why I'm at 27, he's a high-floor guy in the sense that at the end of the season, he's not going to be ranked, uh, barring an injury, outside the top 35 running back. But I also don't think he's going to be ranked inside the top 15 either. Like, you have a very low ceiling, you have a high floor, you have an okay player. And that's a fantasy player. Chris, well done. I don't done, hate that take. Great with production. Uh, by yeah, the way, I'm I don't hate your... that take. That's not even a... I'm going to defend my boy on this one. That's not a bad take. Matt Nagy sucked running the ball for however many years, gave up play calling, and Laser took over, and now you have a top 15 running back. That take was spot on. I'm, not, I'm defending that to the death. That was Me a spot-on take. 
for the player, the fantasy player, who knew that Nagy was going to say, oh, I'm going to give up play calling. No Somebody one. Is actually going to run the no ball. One. <laughs> no. Nobody no. had no. that. That's hey. not a bad take. I got you back on that one, dude. And look, and by the way, I'm going to steer right into the curve next year. Right now, like it, it, as I'm doing my, as you can see on the draftnetwork.com, I'm doing my way too early mock draft. We're through four rounds right now. Uh, so I'm kind of like looking at my early rankings before, for next year before I ever do anything. He's down at run, running back 24 for me. Like I'm not, I'm not buying into this for next year either. Like I'm not buying this is going to be a Such long-term Such a shame, thing. man. I love the player. Like but the player we tremendous. saw in December. He won fantasy God, leagues for you. He was, a fa- yeah. he was a championship winner with the way he played down the stretch. Uh, but so, yeah, I, I did not expect him to get that kind of workload. Uh, I also think the, the low key thing that's not, that was not clipped there. And as part of that discussion was Tariq Cohen was healthy when those comments were being made. And I think that is a factor. It's partly why he's down there going to be at 24 for me in my like very initial 2021 rankings is that Tariq Cohen played a major role in this offense a couple of years ago and two years prior to that. When he comes back healthy, he's going to have a significant role where Montgomery was coming off the field a lot. But still, if you took him, you got – I mean, not only did you get – you had to deal with some early season stuff because that first half of the season, you were wondering why you even bothered having him on your roster. And then he basically, if you kept with him, he won you a fantasy championship. So I think they might did trade not see that going, so you could be, could be a little low on him. Well, there. and that could be better if they, if they end up moving him. Uh, That's a big contract to eat. Chris, you did not – Chris, you did not know that you would get the – the entire TDN fantasy podcast to rally against you. But this take is, is totally uh, on par with what everybody thought. And and honestly, there has been a lot of love thrown towards David Montgomery because we all know who he is as a player, like what he can be. And everybody fell in love with that. And it usually backfires. So this was the only time where you were really like you, if you got him, you ended up being really happy because it, it, it hasn't been that way. And nobody thought, nobody thought, that Bill Lazor was going to take over play calling. That was no Matt Nagy literally has BU on the back of his freaking play calling sheet. Like he, he was definitely not ever going to give up play calling. Okay. This was the day that I rejoiced like it was a national holiday. Okay. So you, you got to move on to the next take because otherwise we're going to gang up on you. No, that's fine. Jamie can take his, his small wins where he can get them on this show. Yeah, saying, like, where's my Mark Ingram take? That's still pop. Ingram and Breida are my worst. Breida is your worst. There is a worse one that we're saving until the end. Let's go to wide receivers. Ooh, I Listen, wait. I can't get everything in here. Some uh, stuff okay. met the cutting room floor. Okay, guys, we would have been right. here all day if that was the case. <sighs> Play the DK know, Metcalf clip. And bro. you know Let's what? You know, we hadn't Let's heard from it. Jake in a little while. Jake hasn't oh, had a chance yeah. to listen to on the show. So let's listen to what Jake had to say about Juju Smith-Schuster. I can see him having bigger numbers than Amari Cooper. I can see him having bigger numbers than Adam Thielen for sure. I love that Chris added in the buzzers. I yeah, love that, that's that good production quality from you, Hype Train. By the way, the green screen behind you today is so much better than your wall and you holding a mic. I am impressed with the setup. I'm you are looking – yeah. yeah, but you were back home for a while there without holding the freaking mic in your hand like you're hosting The Price is Right. Uh Wrong, for sure. Juju played in the slot all year. By the way, the Ben take, if we want to rewind that, they threw it enough. I was basing it off him coming back from major surgery and being healthy, not looking like a statue with a noodle arm. So, Statue, noodle arm was not what we expected yeah, from Ben. No, wasn't and he was okay the- early, but like he aged rapidly through the season. And Juju mm-hmm. finished strong, but I mean, Juju was – he hadn't been the same guy without AB. A- they got the weapons for Ben to have been right there with Mahomes. I knew they'd throw it that much. I just thought he would perform better than that. 
we have our first two-part take here, Paige. So I'm going to let you set this up here. And, and I'm not going to tell who the player is. I'm going to let the setup speak for itself. Then we'll get Jamie's reaction to what he thinks he remembers about this take. And then we'll play the two-part. So here's Paige setting up the take about this specific wide receiver. Before on the list, the newest Buffalo Bills addition, Stephon Diggs. So, hmm, Okay. So, so, Jamie, early thoughts here on how this is going to go for you here with the two-part. Uh, so I smacked like the earpods out of my ears. Um, I don't think this is going to go well for me. My, I don't remember what I said initially, um, but I'm assuming that I expected that because of John Brown and Cole Beasley's target share, that there would be, you know, that Stephon Diggs would not quite have an elite-level target share, that he would be – productive on his per target basis, but like when he'd be down in the low 100 ish target range. Uh, and then that's why it was going to keep his fantasy value down, which turned out to be completely wrong. Yeah. yeah it's definitely a two part take. Yeah, you're kind of right, Jamie. If only you would have just stuck to saying that it probably wouldn't have made the show. So, so here's part one of, of Jamie's take on Stefan Diggs. I have some concerns about this and it's not look, I love the talent and, and I like the moves that the bills made to get him, but this is a team over the last two years that has actually thrown fewer attempts per game over the last two years average than Minnesota has. There's going to be a limited amount of throws this offense has. So, yes, they're gonna, Josh Allen's going to take his shot. Yes, there are going to be some opportunities. But I think we're looking at another situation where we have a guy that's hanging around the upper 80s or 90 targets where there's nothing wrong with that, but there's only going to be so much production. And let's be realistic, 89 targets, which is what I have not projected for from Josh Allen, isn't the same as 89 targets from Kirk Cousins. You know, there's part one. There's part one of Jamie's Stefan Diggs take. All right. That, that, you know, all right. Here's part two. Uh, I, I like what he, I like his talent, but I actually think this is a bad fit for him fantasy wise, which is why he's down here in wide receiver three range instead of the wide receiver two range. He's pretty much lived in for the last three or four seasons. So uh, this to me is one. I have him eight spots lower than his ADP. He's going as the wide receiver 26 right now. I understand the name value, but I don't think you're going to get that sort of production. If he was still in Minnesota this year, he would be about where, where his ADP is. But uh, I do think there's going to be a target issue in, in Buffalo a little bit. There you go, Jamie. There's Stefan Dixon. Yeah, no, it, uh, he was used. They threw it way more than I expected. He was used a lot more than that. I, there's no way of defending that. I mean, if he was a target monster, he led the league in targets. Like there's there's no there's no defending that. Uh, my rationale. I don't think you have to though. I mean, what the information you had that was as rational as you possibly could be with that take. Who but thought to be Stephon fair, Diggs would take that much? Just think about the player you'd seen for what five years. Yep. He turned into a true number one run after the catch the entire route tree. Like we'd never seen that before, and then we didn't think they were going to throw it eight hundred times compared to what four fifty projected, whatever. And I think this most surprising thing to me was looking at just, again, the target volume and the catches. Like, you didn't, you didn't look at Stephon Diggs as a DeAndre Hopkins-like getting those 10 catches for 134 yards and a touchdown. You looked at him getting three for 88 and two. Like, that's the kind yeah. of way we looked at him. And I thought, one, John Brown being hurt was a factor, but it's not the biggest factor. They used him as the, you're going to be our guy. We will take targets from elsewhere in the offense and give them directly to you and we will throw more like there's he was a monster uh, i was i was lower on him than most and that's was completely i wrong. was lower on him uh, than you were i think yeah i just i can't defend it like that he was this is complete the reasons why i didn't like him were so far from being correct this Chris, the other, yeah the they other were very part rational of this, they were very rational the other part of this is too is that 
Stefan Diggs matured as a player in a way that I did not anticipate happening, right? Like, I think just the overall human being, like, if you look at the the attitude and the diva and the person that was in Minnesota, that person is not the same person we're watching play football and on camera having a total bromance moment with him and with him at Josh Allen. You're just, it's two completely different scenarios. And you know what? It's awesome because he's happy and you can see that he is happy. He's enjoying himself. He looks like a kid playing football. And that's, that's why you're getting this version of him. Cause the talent was always there. He's just got a much better quarterback who can sling the football and he is enjoying the sh- and, and taking it seriously because he's enjoying himself. And they've, they've done a ton of interviews together. And if you haven't listened, they both talk about the first time that they've like met each other. And it was just instantaneously that they were like the scene from Step Brothers. did we just become best friends? Like that is yeah. what we're talking about. Like they, they are just, it's, it's awesome to watch because Y'all, to me, I love watching talent be the best version of itself. And this is the ultimate example of Stefan Diggs is always, always a super talented dude, but I didn't, I don't think anybody saw him turning into wide receiver one this year that we're arguing with him and Devonte Adams. I mean, that's what we're talking it about. Was I, I didn't see bubble that. screen. It was bubble screen post yes. go, go route, come back. And everything in that offense was run on time play action to the point where you're playing with a guy like Josh Allen, that can extend the play. And then you saw this development of the nuance of playing in zone where everybody was playing them in zone and Stefan Diggs finding these little holes and Josh Allen being extended to play and get it to him with the chemistry they had. I don't know anybody that thought that was going to develop in year one to the point where it was just unstoppable at times. And there's shit. They're still playing. Yep. He's going to be my wide receiver too next year, by the way, at least as of right now. It's Devontae fun. Adams, he's, he's Stephon like Diggs, right? Yeah. Two more. Two more wide receiver takes out of Jamie. And this, this first one, one of, you know, I think a player that I think all of us love on this show, a little T.Y. love. A little T.Y. Oh, yeah. love. So, Jamie, let's, let's hear what you had to say about T.Y. Hilton. Right now, so he's my wide receiver 13. He's going as the wide receiver 24. Thank you very People much. have forgotten about T.Y. Yeah. Hilton because he was hurt last year. People, I, I, I wish you could see Jake right now. Jake. <laughs> People have T-Y. forgotten how good T.Y. Hilton is. I love T.Y. I, I have him projected for only 14 games, but I still, even at that point, I have him just outside of wide receiver one range. He is going to have a phenomenal season. Uh, I don't know what people, I don't know what people are expecting. Where else is the ball going to go? T.Y. Hilton has been nothing but productive when he's been on the field. He's got an upgraded quarterback this year from last year. What is there not to like? Someone's got to break this to me. Why, why he's barely going inside wide receiver two territory. I love I that take. Why. I love that. I still don't know what happened the first Ugh. 10 games. His grandma called him out and things changed, right? It was it his did. grandma was watching TV and she was like, I don't even recognize you on television. And then T.Y. was like, yeah, I better get it together. He said he was in a funk, like mentally he wasn't in a good place. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but all of us, I will take the L here because I drafted him in like every league because I was like all the way in on TY and it totally backfired on me. So I'll take the L on this one because I, I, I went all the way in. I was like, yep, TY, love it. I went to Keenan Allen and a bunch of them instead, which was great to the end, but it was literally like Devontae Parker, TY, Keenan Allen. When I was like, go running back early, you can get these guys late. TY didn't fall to me, but I was 100%. Hell, I'm in the background doing a freaking cheerleader chant with T.Y. in my arms, the whole, the whole damn thing. 
Oh, yeah, God. I just it didn't work. Look, what I, what I meant to say was like from weeks twelve to seventeen, that T. Y. Hilton, who was the wide receiver eleven in that stretch, that that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. It was there. I still don't know what happened. It, it, I, yeah, the early the season was they threw it enough. They threw it fifty what fifty six times in week one in Jacksonville's loss. Too many times. And look, nobody that actually drafted T.Y. Hilton probably got to take any sort of the benefits from week 12 on because they, they dropped his ass well before he started to become productive. I was one of my favorite sleepers. Uh, I, I still don't know what, what happened this year with him. The drop sees that he had in the first half of the year, uh, we had right. never seen that from T.Y. on a consistent basis. I flat out wrong. Last one here. Uh, any guesses, Jamie, on, on who this one might be, on, on who this, this take could be? Well, if, if I don't have a DK Metcalf one on the show, you failed at your job. Well, you're not going to get me today, Jamie. I have not failed at my job. The following one minute and 39 seconds is Jamie Eisner it's on about D- targets again. It's about targets again. DK Metcalf. Stupid uh, peak Seahawks of where forward. I have Metcalf ranked. He's in my wide receiver 35. <laughs> Uh, right now and he's going as the wide receiver 21 in drafts so that kind of gives you an idea of where i have him i think he's going to put up similar uh but maybe slightly less numbers than he did his rookie year and by the way that's okay uh i think sometimes we always expect players and i've, I've talked for those of you that the few crossover people that listen to the, the hockey show that i do you know, i talk about non-linear progression with young players in sports you, it's not always just, okay, you have a rookie player and then next year he's going to be 15% better and then the third year is going to be 20% better and the fourth. It doesn't always work like that. It, it is a up and down graph. And to me, given Metcalf's game and the way that the limited amount of times the, the Seahawks throw the ball, I mean, Russell Wilson's not going to throw the ball more than around 510, 520 times in a year, is going to limit what his statistical output's going to be. And, you know, he was a 61% catch rate last year. I don't think he's getting 100 targets again. Uh, I think the addition of Greg Olson, Will Disley being a little healthier is going to take away some of those targets. I think he's going to be up around in the 90s, but I don't think he's going to be up at 100 or over that again. So he's not going to be able to produce the type of numbers that he did last year. still think he'll be good. He'll be a good wide receiver three for you. He'll have some success, but uh, I think there's this, and you're going to see that theme with me when we talk about some other young wide receivers going into their second year of, there's always just their assumption, and sometimes it happens, but there's always the assumption you're going to take a massive leap statistically where sometimes just being able to replicate what you did as a rookie when you become the guy and the focus in year two is progression enough, even if it doesn't look like that in fantasy football point. I, so I was this. wrong for eight weeks. I was not wrong for 16 weeks. Thank you. That's no. all I'm going to say. Go watch well, this back half of the year and tell me that that's wrong. Now, I understand who, who thought he, R- let Russ Cook was going to be a thing, Jamie, the first eight weeks. Well, and then look, how that, that work out for him? Brian Schott and I were looking for a job. They threw way more than I thought they would. I mean, Russell Wilson had a career high in pass attempts, which I did not expect. But, and yeah, obviously, if you had DK Metcalf, you were thrilled with what you got in the first half of the year. He was everything I feared he would be in the same thing I feared that offense would be in the second half of the year. So I will take the L, but I will, I will only take half an L for this one. Because And I get it. Like, you're looking at season-long total, and if you're in, like, a rotisserie NFL scoring, which I've never heard of, but if you're in that, you're, you're probably happy what you got from DK Metcalf. If you actually had him on your roster, I guarantee you those who had him on their roster this year will be less likely to want to draft him at his ADP than those who didn't going into the next season. He also because turned Mac- into a full, well-rounded guy that we didn't really expect. There was a ton of run-after-the-catch yeah. stuff on, like, 12-yard digs and slants that he took to the house. I don't think anybody expected that. I mean, he ran like three routes his entire rookie year and really progressed as a receiver. I didn't expect that to happen. I'm damn sure I have a take on that somewhere. 
love the talent, but I'm still going to be lower on him than ADP next year too. Not he, 30, not wide receiver 35, but that's where he was the second half of the year. He was a borderline top 40 guy for the, the back half of the season. So you're going to have to I'll have him it, but, somewhere in the middle, right? You're going to have to come somewhere off of where a lot of, I think, fantasy community people will look at what they saw the first eight weeks yeah. and want that to happen again. And a lot of this is going to ride on who's running this offense now, guys. Like, what is this going to look like? How are they going to do this? What's this process? Because Ah. Russell Wilson came out and is like, I want to be a part of the process and who they decide who's the offensive coordinator. Uh, Do we figure out what the hell happened to Russ? Because I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I don't know, but I'll tell you this much. Adam Gase ain't the answer. And now they're talking to Anthony Lynn, which means they're going to run the crap out of it. Brian Schottenheimer, I don't think, did a bad job. He's limited on what he had to work with. It was up and down. But they wanted all in organizationally to let Russ cook. And it bit him in the ass. And as an offensive coordinator halfway through the year, when it's going downhill in a snowball in a hurry, I don't know how you save it when your running backs finally come back and are healthy, but that's not how you've played all year. I don't think Brian did a bad job. I damn sure don't think he deserved to be fired, but they're going to go back to we're running it a bunch. We're going to play action off of that, and we're not letting Russ cook. That, that, that bit him. That's, that's where Pete Carroll – Pete Carroll just signed an extension, so did Snyder. They're not going anywhere. That's how Pete wants to play. They're going to go all in on fixing this defense. They're not going to give Russ what we've been begging for in a better offensive line and more weapons and all that stuff. They're going to go back to running the football and play action off of it, and it'll be interesting to see who that coordinator is, Paige. It's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out and how we evaluate this offense, but I really think we need to ask some honest questions about what we saw from Russell Wilson and try and figure out why that second half was really bad and it was a lot it it wasn't just play calling it wasn't it's it's a conversation and you know I I think I told Jamie uh one of the film evaluations I'd like to see done over the offseason from our guys is I really want them to go watch Russell Wilson and be honest about what they saw on tape for the back half because he is I love Russ but he is not immune to a bit criticism and he needs to have some for the back half play because the interceptions were not acceptable. The road play scoring 12 points on the road against that New York giants team in October, November. I mean, it was a bad stretch guys. So that was at home, uh, wasn't it? When that no, game in was, Seattle, they played, they put home and away that they were, they were Jamie looked at their, it was one of the shows where you weren't on uh, because you were sick over the last couple of weeks where Jamie went through their total points scored in that stretch of time. It and it was atrocious and they didn't play. Good te- it wasn't like, yeah, and they weren't playing good teams. It wasn't like, it was like, Oh my God, they went through a murderer's row of, of teams. It was this offense sucks and Russ sucks right now. And that's just what it was. There was so. a moment. I got to remember. I don't know. I think it was later than the Vikings game. Cause that was pretty early. He took a shot to the head. It was in the, the Cardinals game. To, to, no, it was to the in the face. Cardinals it, 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 game. It, it, and he's Utah's never been the same. His body language wasn't the same. The, the excitement, that rah-rah crap that you see from Russ all the time, it, that wasn't there the entire back half, about the time we're talking about the transition happening. I don't know if it's something happened when he took that shot, but he wasn't the same after that, period. I got, we got to go back and find that hit. Yeah, we're going to have to have to figure out what um, what happened, but – before we dive too much into the Russell Wilson stuff, Chris, do you have anything else for us? Or was that our last take? That is it. That is uh, we, exhausted we, the library there. All 21 clips there for you. Damn, I feel rest. almost unscathed. Yeah, it's uh, it's because – Then again, did, I had Carson Wentz, so I'm, I'm about as scorned as I could possibly be. Yeah, we, we I can teed off one at the again top. for you if you'd like. I, we can play <laughs> no, that one. I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. So, so here's what I think we should do, because I know I have other bad takes that we did not discuss. So if those of you that are out there listening right now – 
Remember of any of your own favorite bad takes. If you can send to us, tweet at us uh, at TDN Fantasy. If you remember what episode written about what time in those episodes, uh, some of these bad takes were out there. Like I said, like I know I can't believe – I know we had a discussion about Mark Ingram at some point that I was dead wrong on, and the dude got his ass cut two days after the season. The Ravens couldn't wait to cut him off the mm-hmm. roster. Uh, you know, there are, there are a few other ones that I know we're not even thinking of that are out there. If you can remember them or you know what they are, tweet at us. Make Chris go find them, um, and then we'll discuss them on one of our other future shows because I know we've had more than just this. Oh, yeah. Oh, we definitely did. But, Chris, as much as we give you shit – on every podcast you did an excellent job uh with all the production that was fun uh especially loved you know all the uh all the great sounds and everything that was getting pumped in that was uh that was can you give yourself a hype train I, I can't because I had to make a whole nother soundboard for these sounds so I'm not in that soundboard I cannot give myself a hype train I apologize that's okay I, I'm trying, very to, trying ha- to give you love and you can't. No, I know, but I had to create a whole separate thing for all these clips that you, all these okay, bad takes okay. you guys had. <laughs> all these bad takes you guys had. Chris, well done. Loved this. Was excellent. Uh, was fun to revisit all the stuff that was said and think about. Honestly, just just thinking about what happened and where we thought the season was going to go in totality, right? Thinking about Philadelphia and Carson Wentz, not just fantasy-wise, but what we thought that team was going to look like, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of things that were different this season. I mean, Buffalo's in an AFC championship game, right? I mean, that in and of itself is not something a lot of people were were predicting coming in the season. They thought – They'd have to prove it a little bit first. So, guys, we've made it to the end. We've got two big games coming up that we're going to talk about on Against the Spread this week, so be sure to check that out. We're going to break down the two massive matchups between uh, – we've got some new blood, some old blood. we got the, the old guard, the new guard. It's going to be great. Very excited to break those down. So you're going to be want, want, want to check those out on social. That will be up on Friday. Guys, tell everybody how they can follow you. Jamie, you first. Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and continue following the ever updating each week. Way too early mock draft for 2021. We're four rounds deep now. Um, and there's some rookies that have made their way into the draft category. Uh, round five will drop next Tuesday. And then there'll be three more or two more after that as we go through the first week after the Super Bowl. So check that out. Uh, and let me know how bad you hate all my picks then. Cause now I, I can already tell that there's going to be some, this segment next year might involve players like Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott or Michael Thomas, who I am lower on than consensus already. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you? Jake B Arians on Twitter, Arians NFL on Instagram. All right, guys. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow our lovely producer at Shoe Radio at SCHU Radio. Be sure to uh, tweet at him about what the moments you liked from this week's episode because, listen, he was the one uh, who put this all together. So be sure to give him some love and make sure you give him a follow. Go ahead, Jake. You got one more thing uh, to bring to the table. Happy trails and congrats to Philip Rivers on an unbelievable career. Announced his retirement today. Couldn't get off this show without just saying unbelievable career, what he did, the longevity, uh, and a phenomenal season in a new place in Indy. I thought he really played well uh, this year, but uh, happy yeah. trails to him. Happy trails, Hall of Fame. We discussed it. I don't want to argue with a bunch of people on social media about it. He's been an unbelievable player in this league for a very long time. And if you haven't seen – Twitter is amazing today for a lot of reasons, but the best part of today was all the old clips of his version of talk and smack 
and it's amazing. There are so many good Philip Rivers clips from over these 16, 17 years. Uh, players sharing moments. J.J. Watt sharing a moment where he called out a linebacker for, for lining up wrong on defense. And J.J.'s like, yep, he was wrong. He was, his own defender was lined up wrong. That's how well he knew that opposing defense. I mean, one of the one of the all-timer as far as smarts and, and everything and competitiveness, man. One of the all-time com- competitors. So happy trails to him. And uh, be sure to, as I said, be sure to check out our Against the Spread show. We'll be doing that on Friday. Enjoy. Hope you enjoyed the roast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.